Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over the Show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And w- Chris, let's start with a question for you. How the fuck did we end up with this for our last film for the Christmas season? Because unfortunately, <laughs> it provides none of what it promised. <laughs> the trailer looked amazing, the premise sounded amazing. And it's really one of the most boring films we've watched for the podcast. Yes, yeah. and and there's always a danger of that when you when you take a guess on a film, like see if it's going to be any good or whatever. And we we do it for the podcast. There's always the chance that we're going to get to watching it when we made the announcements and everything, and it's just there's going to be nothing to talk about. That's, it's very close to this. Yeah, it's a difficult one because there is stuff we can go through the film, um, but. The issue is, you can't really go that in depth with it. There's not, there's not no. much to say well, about I the film. I genuinely hope you guys have more fun listening to this than we had watching us. We're talking about Bloodbeat, released in 1983. Uh, it's a French production, directed by Fabrice and Zafiritos. 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 Uh, it's. Unsurprisingly, his only film. Yes. Uh, he did not direct anything else. Don't know the budget uh, or the worldwide gross, and that's probably because no one's ever fucking seen this film, and <laughs> it probably did not have a budget. <laughs> no. um, somehow, this, this, this film takes a, a, a lady being possessed by a, uh, a samurai warrior who gives her an orgasm every time he kills someone and just makes it like watching paint try. Yeah, yeah, it, it goes at a snail's pace. Um, none of it really makes any sense. It's, I don't know if it's trying to be out there or avant-garde or, um, but I didn't get it. I didn't understand it's trying to what be, they were going for. It felt like they were trying to be art house. Yeah, I, I do think they were trying to be art house. But, but on a shoestring budget. Yeah, and just with very little real plot mm. it is essentially you know a woman gets possessed by a samurai we don't know if it's a ghost of a samurai we don't know yeah none of it's ever explained how it transpires is that we don't really know who this woman is by the end she could have been um possessed from the start or it's very confusing usually we're on here complaining about too much backstory too much exposition this did not have enough. No. So, a bit of trivia. Um, the director wasn't aware that this film was being shot in the four, three, four screen ratio until 15 days into the production of the film, and you can tell. Because there, there are moments in this film where you can't see shit. No. No, it's true. Yeah. It, it, it looks terrible. Yeah. It really does. Um, the director also lived at a house that was used as the main location during the shooting of the film. Yeah, keep that budget down. Jay, Morm- Jay Borman uh, plans on remaking this in the future. Uh, Jay Borman of Red Letter Media. Um, yeah, I mean, that could work. It could work. This it- is one of those films that does need a remake. Yeah, it is, because it's, it's, a, it's a good premise. It's an interesting premise. Completely mishandled. And this was shot in eight weeks. What the fuck were they doing for eight weeks? Exactly. Oh, my God. What were they doing? Because there's, there's so much in this that feels like they were trying to make up time. Yes. And, like, they just had too much footage, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. The deer, um, the deer used for the deer cleaning scene was purchased at a farm. Lovely. Uh, the director doubled the actor who jumps out of a window and also played the samurai. There we go. <laughs> you barely see, anyway. He's barely in the film. And uh, the warriors behind the telephone caught on fire during the shooting of the sequence in which supernatural force causes havoc inside the house. Ah. Um, yeah, they're set, it, it actually caught on fire. It whilst, wasn't meant to, no. but they filmed it, I see. So. That trivia is as boring as the film. Exactly. Getting into it. A woman who lives in deer hunting uh, country in. What? And a woman who lives in deer hunting country. This is the official plot. And this isn't me not being good at words. A woman who lives in deer hunting country in rural Wisconsin is possessed by the spirit of a Japanese samurai warrior. No, you're not. 
No, she's not. She no. doesn't live there. She's visiting. Yeah. And she's not pos- She's not really possessed. No, she just gets an orgasm every time he kills someone. Yeah, essentially. Until the end, when we get a bit of cultural appropriation. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. So getting into it, we start with some very promising synth-heavy music for the soundtrack. Um, Doesn't last. No. <laughs> Uh, the opening credits on a black background and we get a slow zoom in on a title <laughs> with a samurai sword animation going on to it. The soundtrack sounds like, you know, one of those sticks where you turn it, turn it over and something <laughs> inside falls down and goes, <laughs> and then turn it back around. It does that more and more as it goes on. Yeah, it does. At the start, though, I thought it'd be great. I, I genuinely loved the, the intro music. I thought yeah. it sounded really good. Yeah. I mean, it worked. It's just that's what it reminded me of. But that that's it. That's uh, that's as good as it gets. Well, the thing is, it's the, the soundtrack's great because it, it's... Spoiler alert. It's all classical music. So it's all royalty-free classical music, which, you know, I'm not against classical music. I've got no issue with it. I quite enjoy it. Um, but it just doesn't work. And sometimes it's so fucking loud. Yes. To the point you get a fucking headache watching the film. Um, so we're introduced to Gary. I mean, you know, extra star for his name. Obviously a cool guy. <laughs> uh, he's in full camouflage attire, having a wander around the woods. Hey, there's Gary and Chris in this. There's a Gary and a Chris. Yeah. Chris doesn't last long. No. <laughs> So um, they're having a, he's having a wander around the woods in full camouflage attire. Uh, he has a bow and arrow and a Sony cassette Walkman. Uh, he's aiming at something, and as he shoots it, we cut to him driving away. And he's really excited because he hunted a deer. So immediately less likable. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, this family, I'm not sure if they'd even eat that deer. Would they eat the deer? Uh, probably not. He just had it hanging from a fucking tree. Yeah, yeah, but film. he was cleaning it though, wasn't he? So I don't know if they were going to eat the deer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that build up to him uh, actually shooting the arrow mm-hmm. takes ages. Yeah. And then you don't actually see the outcome. No. You, don't, you don't know what happens because you don't even see a deer. You don't even know what he's hunting because there's nothing nope. in the distance. He's really excited when he brings home his deer that he's hunted. Uh, he tells his girlfriend, Kathy, and she's not happy about it. And you think, oh, maybe she's against deer hunting, you know. Uh, but no, she's just got a migraine. Yeah, and well, she seemed kind of horrified by the deer, but then not as it progressed. Mm. She didn't actually have an issue. It was just a migraine. Do you know why she has the migraine? Because she's psychic. No, because she's got a fucking horrendous poncho on. <laughs> Gave me a fucking headache. Yeah, yeah. There's a few, um, a few fashion choices in this film. Well, it's it's the, the poncho is is in the film from start to finish, mm-hmm. um, and it it's hideous. It really is. I'm sorry. But I feel hilarious. like they filmed all of her scenes within like fifteen minutes and just repeated <laughs> yeah. it over and over again. Um, yeah, she's got a migraine, and that's not going to be anything new because everyone looks like they've got a fucking migraine in this film. <laughs> yeah. I had a fucking migraine. Yeah, he's now excited because he's going to tell his girlfriend's kids uh, that he's going to marry their mother. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? No. I said I would never get married again. Yeah, she, not. she's not having it at oh, all. God. Um, I mean, lucky Gary, he had a close escape. <laughs> um, he didn't, he's dead in the end. Well, yeah. Um, she's, just, she's just like, yeah, no, you're not telling my kids that. Um, he goes out because he's really gutted about it. She doesn't care. Um, the kids arrive when he's getting a deer. We have Ted, Dolly, and Ted's girlfriend, Sarah. Now, as soon as Sarah arrives, she does exactly what she does throughout the entire rest of the film. Yes. And starts acting scared. Yes, yeah, she just acts weird from the get-go. She acts weird. She's weirded out by the deer. Okay, fair enough. But as soon as she sees Catfish, she's like, oh! she, Yeah, they have a weird sort of psychic moment where yeah. they're just like staring at each other. Um, and yeah, and then she has a weird staring moment at the deer. Yeah. And then she's dragged inside. <laughs> when they go inside, the kids act like they've never seen a Christmas tree before. Yeah, so this is a Christmas film. It's a Christmas Lucy. adjacent film, isn't it? <laughs> so it's a bit like Die Hard, because Die Hard features a Please lot more Please don't compare Christmas. this to Die Hard. Shut up. Um, it's kind of... Everything that's happening doesn't really have anything to do with Christmas... 
but everyone's together because of Christmas, and then there's Christmas decorations. So there's a pretty volatile Christmas tree later on. Yeah. Uh, but it's not really a Christmas film. Um, Whereas Die Hard is, just so you know. But we, ha- we have to say it's Christmas film, it's our Christmas episode, our yes, last Christmas episode it's a Christmas of the year. Christmas episode is Christmas. Chris. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, there's a present under the tree for Sarah. <laughs> there is. So um, yeah, it's a. D- well, Kathy- first of all, she's weirded out by painting, isn't she? Yeah. So Ted explains about his mum's painting. So and then the paintings are quite nice actually, um, and how when Kathy paints them, it's like she's hypnotized, and she's a bit weird about her paintings and being left alone when she's doing her painting she takes it very seriously uh sarah doesn't really seem to like them and no. finds them a bit creepy uh underneath the christmas tree dolly's checking out her christmas gifts and there's one for sarah yeah and uh, ted's surprised because he didn't tell them that sarah was joining them she's really fucking rude by the way ted <laughs> if you're gonna be bringing an extra person for christmas you tell people <laughs> well they didn't buy enough dinner for her well, they're having deer, though, aren't they? Mm. <laughs> Just go out, they have to go out and shoot another deer. Which they Christmas attempt dinner. to do, and that's yeah. a disaster. Um, but, you know, potatoes and shit, and Yorkshire yeah. puddings, they're not going to have enough. Um, but anyway, um, Kathy kind of knew, because she's psychic, and uh, she'd already bought Sarah and a, gifts, uh, a present, and it's already under the tree. Yeah, we don't find out what this gift is. No, we don't, no. No, no one opens their gifts. Um... Yeah, I'm so, not sure what day it is. What day is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's never really said, is it? No. But um, yeah, there's a present under the tree waiting for Sarah. And uh, when Ted questions everyone about this, Kathy says it was her because Mother knows everything. Apparently, but it's really because she's psychic. Yeah. So uh, Sarah has some sort of weird flashback when she enters the room that they're staying in. Well, she just sees the room through a pink filter with a baby noise. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's played out like a um, flashback, isn't it? I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Um, Sarah thinks that Kathy is weird. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, this is very rude on Sarah's part because, like, straight away she's talking to Ted and we find out later that they've only known each other for five months they haven't been dating that long and um, she's talking to Ted and saying oh I think your mum's a bit weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like it's like she's reading my mind yeah and she's scrutinising me I'm like that's weird we've only had like two conversations this is really very very rude um, to say to Ted that you think his mum's a weirdo from the get go yeah, and she feels she feels like she knows everything and all that, and they're making out on the bed. She's like, I feel like she's watching me. Um, she feels like she's in the room. Yeah. Um, the camera making out. We get zoom ins on the paintings, and then Kathy's downstairs painting and looks like she's in pain. Uh, when she starts having visions of Ted and Sarah getting it on. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like she's in the room. So Sarah's right. It is right. She yeah. is weird, and it, it she can read minds and. She can see them in the room, um, which makes her a bit of a dirty cow, considering they're getting it on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah, the... we have a really long scene. This is a really long scene, actually, of Kathy sort of psychically connecting with them in the Everything's room. a really fucking long scene. Yeah, and Sarah's got one breast exposed, and she keeps telling Ted to stop because she can sense Kathy watching. <laughs> And Ted, like, keeps carrying on. It's, mm. it's really iffy. Uh, but it's, you know, poor actress. She had to have one boob out for all this time in the film. Completely unnecessary. She can't have been paid much. No, completely unnecessary. Um, yeah, and then after this, we get uh, a faceless character. We, we, I swear we never get to see his full face. Only when he dies. Yeah. Uh, we get Uncle Pete. He arrives at a distance. He's like, where are all the deer into that? And then that's it. It cuts to the next scene. Yeah, but Dolly's well excited though, isn't she? Dolly is way too excited to see Uncle Pete. And whenever he's on screen, it's like the camera angle doesn't want to show his full face. Yeah. It does feel that way. You never see a real full no. you know, image of him. No, it's like they're trying to hide him. Um, which, which, But the thing is, what you do see kind of looks like a lot of the others. 
So he's dressed like a hunter and he's got like a beard and moustache, quite a full beard and moustache, which Gary has a full beard and moustache. And then some guys later on have a real full beard and moustache. No, no, the other guys later on all have just moustaches. Do they? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, good for them. But the same actor could have played played all of these characters. Yeah, really, maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, So, yeah, so... After Uncle Peter arrives, Ted and Sarah, but um, they all go out horse riding except for Kathy. Um, Ted and Sarah um, are separate to everyone else, and uh, he wants to know uh, that she wants to know if he's still mad at her, and uh, he tells her not to worry about it. And then we find out they're I'm all. I'm assuming mad at her for turning him down for sex. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, they they're all going hunting, and Gary says we hunt and we hunt quietly. So. We spend about three hours oh my God. looking at them, looking at trees. So drawn out. So drawn out. Uh, I don't know why this couldn't have been cut. They, no. they literally just sat there waiting for deers. Yeah. Well, the film doesn't even reach an hour and a half anyway. No. Even with this fucking long scene of them, like... Just so we, sitting there. They're literally just sitting well, there. We have to watch them all go under a fence. <laughs> yeah, one by one. And then we see them for the longest time, like, crouching down and going through the woods. And then we see them walking through the woods. <laughs> and then we see them crouch down, waiting for the deers to appear. Uh, they've all got their weapons ready, haven't they? Yeah. And it's taking ages. It's just as long as Gary's bow and arrow at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Apart from we've had all the fucking shit before with them getting to that uh, place. Um, and then just when they're all about to shoot the deer that have appeared, mm-hmm. Sarah shouts, no, she, <laughs> no, well, um, she, she glows like orange and red or whatever, she fucking does, co- red yeah. and green, that's it, she glows red and green. Yeah, she does glow red and green. Um, <laughs> but she before it, she's like, everyone's there like really concentrating on, uh, on getting ready to shoot these deers and she's just there smiling at the deer. <laughs> Yeah. Like a fucking idiot. And then she's just like, no! So they all miss their shots. <laughs> Sarah runs away through the woods, followed by Ted. Um, everyone else, they seem disappointed, but it's hard to tell. With the they acting. run somewhere as well. No, they don't run anywhere. I swear, the rest of them run somewhere else. Well, they just trod along, don't they? They go um, somewhere else. Yeah, well, she she runs off. Uh, Ted's chasing her. Goes on for, again, for far too again, long. Again, far too long. And then a random guy catches her. Again, he looks like every other guy in this film. Yeah. And uh, the screen turns orange and he's been stabbed or shot and dies. Yeah, yeah. So she runs into him but doesn't really do anything. And then, yeah, seemingly he's overshot or stabbed or something. He's got blood all on his Mm -hmm. um, stomach and such. And he dies. Um, and this is never explained what this is because her being, um, what's the word? The samurai. The oh. No, <laughs> the, the samurai sort of taking over her. That hasn't really happened yet. So we have no. absolutely no idea who this guy is. Uh, well, he dies and then, uh, we cut to the police asking Gary about the incident um, about, you know, what shots happened. Because it couldn't have been an arrow, because the arrow would have probably still been in him. Yeah. Or they would have found it somewhere. Um, it's never really mentioned again, so we don't know if he's been shot or whatnot. Um, Sarah's upset and seems to be blaming herself, but there's no way that she could have done that. All no. she did was knock into him. Police officer has a 7 out of 10 moustache. He's got a 7 out of 10 moustache. And as the body's being put into the ambulance behind him, he wishes everyone a Merry Christmas. Oh, by the way, Gary, Merry Christmas to all of you. Yeah. And then he drives off in a normal car because they couldn't afford a fucking police car for this film. Could afford an ambulance, though. (laughs) Could afford an ambulance, but not a police car. That's the last we see the police or ambulance, though, isn't it? What's the point? What's the point of spending the money when you're using it once? Sahara's crying in bed. Ted's comforting her. Yeah, so I get just that she's blaming herself, but why? All she did was (laughs) knock into the guy. 
She's, she's not that like, strong. It's not the Incredible Hulk or anything, is she? <laughs> yeah, Ted's comforted her, tucks her in and attempts to leave, but she asks him to take all the paintings with him, which he does without arguing. He does. <laughs> I, I said it whilst we were watching the so film. So rude. If Gary, you know... in which our Gary? first You, Gary, <laughs> in our first five months of dating, came round to my house to stay over the Christmas uh, holidays and... The, one of the first things you said after meeting my mum was how weird she was <laughs> and you felt that she was psychically watching you <laughs> and then told me to take down her works of art that she's worked very hard on. I would be fucking fuming. I'd be like, who the fuck do you think you are? Even if you thought that, you know, you don't tell me that. Fuck no. you. No, Ted doesn't give a shit, though, because he's, uh, he's getting some, isn't he, later on, so... Well, he's getting some later on. She didn't even put out the first time, because no. she thought Kathy was watching them. No, now, the it... thing is, at the end of the day, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> the paintings are weird. <laughs> Kathy is psychically connected to people and uh, and all that business. So, Sarah's right, Yeah, but you don't tell people that. No, no, especially her son. Especially her son. <laughs> yeah so um kathy is still staring at her paintings she is been there for a long time uh ted goes to talk to her whilst really creepy music plays um because of the audio editing i don't know if she was playing the music in the room or whether we were only meant to hear I it i thought she was playing the music to begin with i thought she'd put some classical music yeah. on while she was painting uh, which would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the classical music's just used throughout for the rest of the film, so... He's desperate to talk to her about his car, but she does not give a shit. She really don't give a shit. She, all she wants to talk about is herself. And she says she doesn't know if she can get along with Gary anymore. She doesn't know if she can live with Gary anymore. She loves Gary, but she loves her work, so she doesn't know what to do. Bitch, why can't you love both? Yeah. Like... Honestly, this guy is a piece of shit because he's hunting deers, like, every fucking five minutes, but... He's doing nothing wrong. So, I mean, with his relationship with Kathy, he's been nothing but nice to her. Yeah, always been nice to her. She's got loads of fucking paintings all around the house, <laughs> so we can't really get in the way that much. Yeah, she's done a lot of work. Even though she's just, like, the whole film she's spent on this one fucking painting. Um, Kathy tells Ted to be careful of Sarah because she recognises <laughs> her. She knows her. Uh, and there's something strange about her. Yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, maybe it's deja vu. Or, you know, maybe saw her down the shop or something. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. She, she's a fucking weirdo. And he's like, okay. And that's, that's the fucking weird part as well. Because Kathy's just as rude. Because if Kathy thought she knew Sarah, you know, which feasibly could have happened. Yeah. You know, I could, have you ever been on TV? <laughs> You know, have we met somewhere else? Do you know so-and-so? You know, um, I may have, know, may have known her mum or her auntie yeah. or something when she was younger and whatnot and recognised her or um, she looked similar to a family member. So you ask, you fucking ask her. Yeah. She didn't go, oh, she's weird, she is. I feel like I recognise her. <laughs> Do you know what? She, she could have been on TV. She could have been an actress. You know, how rude. <laughs> This is the point where Ted should probably sit on both of the room, like, okay, what the fuck yeah, is going on? Yeah, what is on? going on here? <laughs> you, you know, have you met before? <coughs> yes, yes, once. Okay, cool. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Problem solved. So, yeah, she saw in Greg's last week getting a festive bake. <laughs> Ted and Dolly are playing a board game by the Christmas tree with their cat sat on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, one of the worst things in the world is two-player Monopoly. Um, it's awful, it's excruciating, it's very frustrating. Well, I better take your Christmas present back then. Yeah, two-man two Monopoly, you know, it's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, I would rather a cat sat in the middle of the board... <laughs> For the whole game. An underused cat, should I say. A very underused cat. It has this one scene and that is it. But they're, they're setting the cat up. Uh, setting the cat up. They're setting the <laughs> Monopoly up perfectly fine with a cat just sat in the middle. 
It's like, yeah, whatever. The cat doesn't give a shit. So like they don't even know the cat's there. It is. It is as if they don't know the cat's there. Kathy, who, who's painting again, of course, uh, and Sarah have more psychic connections, and Kathy's hands start shaking uncontrollably. Yeah, so this is... There's a lot of um, themes throughout this film, and shaky hands is one of them. Um, so this is the first real instance of the shaky hands. Um, but yeah, it, her hands shaking uncontrollably, and it starts painting erratically by itself, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, she switches hands. She has the paintbrush in a normal hand, but she switches it to the shaky hand. Yeah, so um, the hand's kind of taking control yeah. of her body. Whilst Sarah looks in a trunk that's appeared, she finds a, a mask, a helmet, and a samurai sword. And she cuts herself on the sword, and uh, this this really triggers psychic Kathy, and she's like, okay, Ted, where the fuck is Sarah? And they go and check on her, and they find her on the floor acting like an idiot. Um, yeah, so it's quite oh, quite an intense scene. Uh, for, this, <laughs> for this film, for this film, you know, shaky hand erratically painting by itself. You know, Sarah's been awoken to a random chest where she finds a samurai sword and, and, and a samurai armour and such. And it starts off with the most mellow, almost romantic classical music. <laughs> it builds. It does build. Yeah. But it's like, just edit. Mm-hmm. Just edit it yeah. and, and have it as the, the intenser part of the piece for the whole thing, rather than having... You know this crazy hand to this really mellow, almost mm-hmm. romantic music. This definitely wants to be Evil Dead. Yeah, of course. It really, of course. Yeah, fast zoom in shots. Absolutely. That, they don't quite look like those shots because obviously you know they haven't managed to perfect it the way some yeah. did. Um, but you got those, and you got the whole possession thing. It definitely really wants to be Evil Dead. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah tells Ted what happened, but her finger is now fine. <gasps> And there's no trunk. Kathy looks at a painting and has it, a vision of a child cutting herself on a sword. Kathy literally could not give two shits. <laughs> she walks away. She just she, walks away. She seems like she's more fuming because she's been disturbed. And she just sort of stands in the doorway looking. And then sort of before, you know, Sarah's back in bed or anything like She's still on the floor. She's still a bit shook up. Um, Ted's concerned. She's like... Okay, and just walks off <laughs> and starts staring at one of her paintings. Yeah. Um, she also seems to have... She has a flashback. I, I call them flashbacks because it's hard to tell in the film. I'm just assuming they're flashbacks. Uh, a flashback to a young girl with a samurai sword. Yeah, cutting herself. Cutting herself. <clears throat> Something approaches the house. Kathy starts angry painting again uh, whilst having more flashbacks of this child. Yeah. Um, Gary wants to know what's going on but Kathy can't tell him to which he tells her he's not a piece of plastic that she can push around what he needs that... attention and affection yeah. <laughs> yes she's she's, a bit, she's quite the arsehole to him to be fair he's been nothing but nice to her he's trying to see what's up you know what's wrong um, can he help in any way she's like I can't talk to you about it <laughs> so he's had enough basically but whenever anyone tries to say to her people start getting killed soon in this and people are like what is going on and she's still like oh I can't tell you I can't tell why you. and spoiler alert she doesn't actually tell us in the end never does never does she doesn't actually tell Kathy is a bit of a dick She's a, she's a proper dick, isn't she? Yeah. She All this could have been prevented. Um, spoiler alert, she dies in the end, so she gets what's coming to her. But, Does she? Um, yeah. Are you sure? Yes. When it looks like she's been painted white. Or I thought that was her trying to be answer again. It's not her trying to be I should paint a face. Mm, wouldn't surprise me. Ah, she dies. Thank God. Um, Gary rants some more and then storms out and tells Ted and Dolly that uh, he and Kathy had a small argument. They didn't ask. We had a small argument. And then walks away. Uh, And then Kathy enters the living room as Ted and Dolly are playing Monopoly. Look, I felt awkward watching this. (laughs) You got 
Gary watching TV with headphones on. No, he's listening to music, isn't he? Is he listening to music? He's listening he's to music. He's in front of a TV listening to music with headphones on. He's... No, what what he's... He's in front of the record player, which is, like, next to the TV. So he's sulking, essentially, in the corner of the room with these big headphones on, which is really weird for a grown-ass man. Ted and Dolly are still playing Monopoly. They are. Kathy, being the dick that she is, decides to sit next to Sarah... On the sofa. Sarah, that she knows cannot stand her and she can't stand her. Well, Why would you just, go sit next to her? She just continues to give a weird look, yeah. doesn't she? It's so awkward. Doesn't even talk to anyone. And then she, Kathy tells everyone that Uncle Pete's gone into town and she knows he'll be fine because she knows him. And guess what? Immediately we cut to Uncle Pete crashing his car. <laughs> Wait, his car's already crashed. It's already crashed. They can't afford <clears throat> crash. Something approaches him and kills him. So she can't really know him that well, can she? No. We see an aftermath. We see Uncle Pete. It's full face for once uh, with his throat slip. Uh, again, he, he looks like everybody else. Yeah, a lot in this film does the whole point of view stalking and then off-screen kill yeah. shit. I fucking hate that. Sarah's acting weird again. Leaves the room, goes to the bedroom. No one really cares. No, no, no one even notices. Not even her boyfriend. No. Even notices. She just gets up and goes. No one gives a shit. Some guy with a meaty moustache. We don't know who he is. Um, he's wearing a cap to bed. He is. A cap and a nightgown to bed. And uh, he demands his wife calls Chucky the dog. Chucky the dog, sorry. Was it Chucky? Chucky, Chucky, Chucky yeah. the dog. Chucky the dog. Uh, and uh, he also wants her to make him a cup of tea. So we'll now know her as tea wife. But she's Chris. She's Chris. She's Chris. Um, but we don't know his name. So I just called no. him husband and wife. Sarah starts fingering herself. She does, and I was a little confused because I don't, I didn't, I couldn't really figure out if she was upset <clears throat> or she was giving herself a treat. Um, but it seems like she was giving herself a treat. In yeah. Bed. So this is when we know the samurai's near. When when she starts having an orgasm, we know uh, killer samurai Sarah's nearby. So um, T wife is fuming uh, that Mustache has Chuki in bed, but still gives him his tea, and then he demands orange juice, and. In a really bizarre... We've got many... Well, maybe later on. Um, in, in our first bizarre sequence of events, T-Wife makes orange juice by mixing powder. Uh, no, vile. I don't know if this Who is an American thing. Who the fuck does thing. this? He asked for juice. I don't... So what we would call <clears throat> squash, I think in America they still call it juice. Well, Kool-Aid is like... I think that was a sort of powder. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's really nice. Well, they call it a juice. I just know it's Kool-Aid. I don't know it's classed as a juice. Um, it's, well, whatever she's making looks fucking rank. Orange juice in the tub, but it's powdered. But it's powdered, like powdered orange juice that she's putting in. Anyway, number one, you know, if he's going to bed, he shouldn't be drinking tea and orange juice before <laughs> bed. He's going to fucking piss the bed. <laughs> he's a man of a certain age that bed's going to be sodden. Um... But also, if you're, like, ready for bed, you've, like, brushed your teeth and everything, that orange juice is going to taste rank. Um, but anyway, uh, this is an incredibly long scene. Very, very drawn out. Um, tea wife goes, makes tea, goes back. So they bicker mm -hmm. for a while. She goes to make the tea. She comes back with the tea. They bicker some more, particularly about the dog being on the bed. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit, no, excuse me. Excuse me. They bicker. She goes to let the dog in. <laughs> she makes the tea. Mm -hmm. She goes back. They bicker some more, particularly about the dog being in the bed. <coughs> she goes back down to make the orange juice. We watch her make the orange <laughs> juice with this powder. And finally, thank God, <laughs> Samurai comes in and stabs her in the stomach. Yeah. So, Mustache slowly, very slowly goes to investigate, after saying her name about a hundred times, uh, finds her body on the floor, he runs away and jumps out of the window. <laughs> he, does. he does, yeah. Very, um, very Sally from he, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, he then gets in his minivan and, you know, you're in a van, you can drive away and you get away from this killer, right? Yes. He drives to a petrol station. Yeah. A closed petrol station. 
uh-huh. gets out of the van, asks for help. There's no one fucking there. You can clearly see there's no one there. The killer arrives, and he drives away again. What a waste of time. Yeah. His van then breaks down. Yeah. That time he wasted going to the petrol station, he could have gone a little further and maybe got the police. Exactly. But the problem is, this film doesn't even hit an hour and a half, and it's still full of this fucking guff. Yeah. With, when nothing happens. Also, we seem to have a teleporting killer on oh, our of course. Hand, which is fine, because it's a supernatural yeah. killer. You know, it's a teleporting killer. But why would you teleport to the gas station <laughs> and then allow him to drive off? <laughs> why wouldn't you just, like, teleport into the, the van? You know, why? And why, later on, is the samurai, like, not teleporting mm-hmm. when he's trying to kill people? Yeah. Um... His van breaks down and Kathy tells the kid... Well, the kid's say, oh, what's what's wrong? I mean, how did they know something was wrong? She looks the same as she's done for the entire well, she, She's having film. a mini-mountain and she's being, like, in the head shaking a little bit. Uh, yeah, and, and then they're like, what's wrong? And she's like, something horrible. I can't explain. And Sarah's um, still getting off in bed. Um, she's starting to really lift up now like she's levitating. And she's being quite noisy about it, yeah. too. Um, I don't know who it was that mentioned that they could hear them play Monopoly. Uh, yeah, no, it was her. Was it her? Yeah. At some point in the film, I can't remember, what. maybe after this. Yeah, it's when she had the dream about, when she thought the samurai cutting her finger was a dream. Yeah. She but said, I but, heard you play Monopoly. But I heard you play Monopoly. So, she can hear them play Monopoly downstairs. But they can't hear her finger blasting in the bedroom. <laughs> They're probably like, oh, do you know what? Let's just leave it to it's a bit and awkward. You know she's having such a great time. She's even doing fucking back bends. <laughs> like, she's doing a fucking spider walk from The Exorcist. She's having such a great time. Well, whatever she's doing is working because Mustache now has blood on his head. And his nightgown swings... Where did that come from? His nightgown swings open to reveal his tighty-whities. He does. A little for the ladies, you know. We, we read Sarah's one boob at the beginning uh, in a scene that was far too long. Very degrading for the poor actress. Um, so we're making amends. You see this old man who is... T- <laughs> tighty-whities? Tighty. Tighty whiteies. Well, both. I don't know if they're tidy. They're very clean. We, we only saw the front of the bag. So who um, knows if they're tidy. <laughs> well, all orange juice and tea. Um, <laughs> he arrives at Kathy and Gary's house uh, when the samurai killer throws the samurai sword through him and his head goes through the door. We don't see this happening, of course. We see it about to happen and then we see the aftermath. But... Yes. The house, then, all of a sudden... This, this made me jump a little because something finally happened. Um, the house goes crazy. Uh, doors are opening and closing. The windows opening and shutting itself. The fire goes nuts. Yeah, food starts moving in the cupboard. The phone is set on fire. Nothing cares, just the phone. But we don't even see this after. No. Um, no, we don't even see anyone put the fire out. And then the ghost starts throwing, fruit, throwing food and knives at Gary... <laughs> And knocks him out. He does. <laughs> so you've just thrown a samurai sword through a man. <laughs> but when it comes to Gary, it's just tins of baked beans. <laughs> and then the odd bit of cutlery. Yeah, it looks terrible. It does, it does actually. You can see there are clearly on strings moving across. Yeah, and he's he's desperately trying to get Kathy to open the door. Yeah. But she's kind of unable to move. In the uh, living room. Uh, Dolly and Ted try to get to Sarah. Yes, once the house starts glowing blue. Oh my god. And this blue. um, A lot of the visual effects in this are shit. (laughs) And particularly this one. It's headache inducing. Because everything's blue. Yeah. Like it. And really. You could have just changed the light bulb to a blue light bulb. Mm -hmm. We would have gotten a similar effect. Um, but it, it's kind of like, you can't see shit, um, apart from Ted, because it's like around Ted, isn't it? So you can see Ted, yeah. and he kind of dips in and out of being like half in blue and mm-hmm. half not, but he looks like He-Man, <laughs> like, you know, in the He-Man cartoons, 
when he's like, I have the power, and then that flashing around him. It looks like, and, you know, considering He-Man was a cartoon, um, it looks like a cheaper version of that. It's headache-inducing. It's awful. And then a red beam comes out nowhere and hits him, and he falls over. Yeah. It does, yeah, for no reason. It doesn't kill him. No, he just falls over. Just falls over. Uh, Samurai killer Sarah smashes a sword through the window. Um, Ted and Dolly are then locked in a closet. And uh, the Christmas tree's now shaking. Yes. Yeah, it's a Christmas film, unless you forgot. (laughs) It is a Christmas film. Uh, Kathy (laughs) starts shouting at the samurai. Who are you? What do you want? And she's shaking her hands the entire time. Yeah, she's got the shaky hands again and she's staring at the ceiling uh, shouting, Who are you? What are you waiting for? (laughs) And don't dare touch my kids. My time isn't over. Get out of here. Leave us alone. Yeah, but we've got no idea who the fuck she don't know what's going on. (laughs) If you want to touch Gary and Sarah, it's fine. Leave my kids alone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, Samurai Killer Sarah appears, glowing blue and stabbing the closet door. Kathy's hands now have circles on them, and they're glowing red. But the thing is, it so is it Samurai Sarah? Yeah. Or is Sarah is Sarah controlling the samurai? Or is it literally just the fact that this ghost samurai is going around killing people, and it's psychically connected to her and gives her an orgasm every time he kills? Well, it's kind of like a bargain, really. It's like, look, I'll possess you. You don't have to do any to kill him, but you just got to have an orgasm every time I kill someone. It's win-win, really. Okay. So, Ted leaves the closet, and despite Dolly screaming <laughs> at him... Oh, my God. Poor Sarah. She's an absolute Veronica Cartwright. She's so fucking annoying. She really is. She's... We found out she knows what's going on. Yeah. So why is she fucking screaming like this? Ted seems to know what's going on later on as well. Oh yeah, very later on. Well, there's a moment, isn't there? Gary wakes up and uh, and he's there with Ted, and they're like, "Look, Kathy, what's going on?" So like, oh, I can't really tell you that. You wouldn't understand, bitch. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The writers of this film are so fucking lazy they couldn't be bothered. To write a fucking backstory. Yeah, and then they... You no, know, they didn't write a backstory. There was no backstory. No. So she's... They're trying to get the truth out of her. Uh, and she does end up saying, he wouldn't take you and Dolly away from me. And Ted, for, for some reason, seems to <laughs> understand what she means. And how do we know he, under- he understands that? How? Oh. Because he says, Mummy, you don't mean... Mummy, you don't mean. Oh, yes, Mummy, you don't mean. Yeah. Mummy, you... he says it six times. Yeah. It sounded like he was broken. And so that's I am a mother. Explained. You she's don't like... mean. <laughs> well, she's like, I am a mother and I will always love you and Dolly. Okay, good. Well, whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Kathy puts Gary to bed and he's like, I can't believe what's happened. She's like, okay, lovely. Um, puts Gary to bed. Dolly she does. To bed. No, she puts Gary to bed. Oh, it's Gary. Yeah, he's got his go. fucking nipple out. Oh, I missed. Big nipple oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Ted gets undressed and gets into bed with Sarah. Okay, I really want to know when this was set because if this was going to be Christmas Eve, some fucking guys are camping in the woods. Now, I was a little confused. <laughs> I got them down as hunters. Why they're in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night, hunting? I don't. I don't know. Um, but they're by a campfire. Then I thought actually they're probably homeless men living in the woods. They are dressed far too nicely. Dressed really nicely. And they could afford a harmonica as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of alcohol around, yeah. isn't there? So they've got, they've know... got tents there. Yeah, so I don't know what day it's meant to be. I don't know who these men are meant to be. Well, one of them is absolutely stoned out of his face because he, he has absolutely no emotion, doesn't react to anything that happens. It's called acting. In this no, film. that is not acting. That is. It's a lack of acting. He is almost as dead as Ned and his wife and feed us, too. Yeah. Um, like. There's nothing coming from him at all. And the other two... I mean, they all have moustaches, but the one who can't act, his moustache is really weak. It's not even worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, but the other two have got meaty moustaches. 
Um, one of them's playing and harmonica, harmonica. Um, they're sitting around Did a campfire. Say, harmonica. <laughs> playing harmonica. <laughs> oh, drag name. That's um, <laughs> Sarah and Ted. That's what Sarah was doing wow. playing harmonica. Just <laughs> start playing harmonica. Um, her and Ted st- <laughs> t- start getting it on whilst the killer approaches the guy in the woods. I mean, Ted's getting the best sides because he's obviously getting some really great sex because she's someone's getting killed, and you know what her fucking death orgasms are like. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so um, one of the hunters goes for a piss. Yeah, but what does he say first? Oh, uh, it's something to do with your... <laughs> your music makes me want to pee. No, your soup. <laughs> no, your music. Soup. Was it soup? Yeah, which still doesn't make it any still does, sense. It, it, music probably makes more sense. It's like your soup makes me want to go for a piss. <laughs> so he goes for a piss, he sees the samurai dude, and gets his throat slit as Sarah screams in ecstasy. I mean, she, really, she enjoyed herself the night before, but she's really enjoying this. Uh, again, nobody can hear No one can hear no this, of hear course. She's screaming in ecstasy. Uh, the others get killed in really bad lighting. She moans I, even I louder. Yeah, so, and uh, she, yeah, she ends up climaxing. Uh, well, um, is there another word to use for that? I don't know. Um, Sounds weird. I don't usually use that word. But anyway, it's posh. It's a posh word. Coming. She, she came. Yeah, so um, she reaches her end goal. And... Uh, <laughs> she reaches her moniker. She, her moniker is satisfied. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, whilst the other two hunters are killed in darkness, so I have absolutely no idea what happened to them. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's the next day, and uh, Gary can't start his car, so he goes out on his horse. Uh, oh, sorry, just just, uh, just to go back. Uh, the samurai, all this time, has that stupid fucking yeah. blue glow mm-hmm. as well, so it really hurts the eyes uh, watching that scene. Which could look... Do you know what, if... If the rest of the film was exciting and if this dumb fucking colouring effect didn't happen on everything else, that could have been really fun fun to see a fucking idiot going around dressed as a samurai, glowing blue, killing yeah. people. That's what yeah. I thought the whole film was going to be. Yeah. But no, it, it just looks fucking annoying. But the, the effect is so bad that it kind of obscures the view of the samurai. Yeah. Um, and it hurts the eyes, so it obscures... The, the rest of the, the shot as well? Um, in, in a bizarre series of events, Dolly oh. goes to see her mum. And... <laughs> she opens the door and... <laughs> Kathy's like, Dolly, I didn't tell you you could come in here. <laughs> and Kathy tries getting in, into her mind and they have a very long psychic staring contest oh, where Kathy just closes her eyes in the end. Well, she's just... You know, Kathy's... <laughs> her eyes are closed and she's nodding her head. <laughs> and Dolly's just, like, looking at her uh, really aggressively. Imagine how awkward this was to direct. Like, okay, look really... Uh, like, they're concentrating really hard. Like, you're constipated. Oh, don't. And it goes on for far too fucking long. Back and forth between the two. Yeah, and then eventually um, they have a hug and Dolly tells Kathy to talk to Ted. But Kathy's like, I can't. It's up to you now, Dolly. Well, bitch, why? Just fucking do it. What's, but what's up to Dolly? We yeah, exactly. Know, we we no don't way. know. How this... does she know what's going on? And we don't know why what's going on. Why are we meant on? to assume this? Like, everything in the scene is like, oh, yeah, so do this about this. But we're not actually going to tell you what we're talking about. Yeah. So... Yeah, so uh, we get more artsy colour shots of the woods. Oh, it looks fucking awful. It mm-hmm. really does. So it's meant to be the samurai watching Dolly trying to find Ted. And um, she's going through the woods and she's being watched. And um, it's like, what do you call it? A negative filter. I, I don't even know what it which is. Which is just like bright blue and red. But because there's not actually much in the shot, mm-hmm. apart from her and some trees, it fucks up the filter. So you've got, like, half the screen is just this real fucking obnoxious red colour. Yeah. And the rest is, like, sky blue. It looks awful. And when the when Killer Samurai Sarah eventually approaches Dolly, it speaks and it sounds fucking awful. It does, yeah. Come to me. Come. Yes. <laughs> so we're like... 
What? So, so the samurai knows Dolly? Yeah, like, apparently. What's the connection here? And also, if the connection is between the samurai and, you know, the, the people in Kathy and Gary's family, then why the fuck were Chris and Mustache husband killed? Mm-hmm. And why were the men, hunters, the night before killed? What's the connection? Yeah. What is this about? It's never explained. No. So, yeah, Gary now has an axe, um, and he regroups with uh, with Dolly and Ted, uh, attempts to shoot the killer. The killer disappears, as does Dolly, uh, and they have to chase her again. And once they find her, the killer approaches them, and uh, Gary decapitates the killer with his axe, but there's no one in the suit. No. So Dolly uh, keeps saying, Mum was right, Mum was right, Mum was right, Mum was right, Mum was right. She does. And again, she's like she's fucking broken. Why Why did both the kids talk like this? But right about what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she didn't say anything. She, she told you she all. couldn't talk about it. So we get close-ups of a red painting um, with the samurai it's on it. It's Kathy's painting. Yeah. Right? Ted, Gary and Dolly go home as Sarah watches them through the window we get a zoom in on a statue next to Sarah's bed for some reason. And uh, Kathy tells them to burn the killer's gear. Because, well, Gary opens the door casually. Like, oh, yeah, look what I found. Found the killer's armour. And he's like, oh, oh, no, burn it. It's evil. And uh, <laughs> Gary's like, oh, I can't. It's important. I've got to take it to the police. Dolly's like, burn it. Oh, can you get me some candy bars, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> burn, burn it. Can you get me some candy bars? <laughs> Gary's like, yeah, I will. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Sarah finds a picture of the flashback, flashback child, starts shaking her hand at it and sets it on fire in the progress. Yeah. Shaking uh, hands, setting stuff and, on fire. And Ted catches her doing this. Yeah, yeah. So he catches her shaking her hands and setting a photo on fire. Yeah. I mean, um, what does he assume that is her doing that immediately? Yeah, like, well, you know, photos just... Don't just randomly catch on oh, fire. Oh, you could just say to her, how did that get set on fire? It's hard to tell that. how concerned he is or not. <laughs> um, but then she uses the power of the glowing hands to uh, send him flying across the room. Yeah. Again, a very prolonged sequence where her hands are glowing red. Well, red and blue. Red and blue. And he's glowing as well, red and blue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got shake Hands are a big theme in this film. Mm-hmm. So you've either got shaky hands or glowing hands. Yeah. Uh, Sarah has shaky, glowing hands. Mm-hmm. So she's super powerful and sends him and he, he gets knocked out. Yeah, and then um, Kathy finds Sarah um, putting on some uh, cultural appropriation makeup. Yeah, so she's, yeah, it, it's, um... She's doing the makeup like she's Japanese. Yeah, essentially. Um, putting on the suit, and, uh, and she's going to be underneath a fucking mask. What does she even need to do to makeup? Yeah, um, that's true. And uh, the her. samurai says, yes, sister, do you remember me? Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, the big reveal. The what? big reveal. Sister... Oh, how are they going to explain this? They don't. Oh, what a great twist. No, they don't explain it. It's just that remember me, <laughs> sister. Um, also, how can she be related to a Japanese samurai warrior? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll put our theories at, at the end of the, <laughs> when we've finished. Um, Gary acts like he's got a headache. Killer samurai Sarah approaches Kathy whilst glowing blue. Kathy's hands glow red and uh, says she says, you can't kill me. It's impossible. You can't. Um, kill a samurai Sarah falls to the ground. Gary's fine now. Ted wakes up and Gary runs into the house and attempts to stab killer samurai Sarah, who's back up uh, inexplicably. Um, but he gets killed in the process. And then in... Uh, it's, it's bizarre because you have to see it to believe it. Um, bizarre series of events. Ted and Dolly join Glowing Hands and they pull the most stupidest faces I have ever fucking oh, seen. Don't. They just pull these stupid faces and stare at Killer Samurai Sarah for a while 
Whilst, uh, do you know the name of the music that plays? No, I couldn't find it. It's, it's famous. It's a famous um, uh, piece of classical music. And uh, I'm ashamed to say I, I can't figure out. Mm. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's been used in famous It's famous... been used in loads. It really has. Um, yeah, my apologies. Um, Watch the film and you'll find out. Don't pick yourself for it. <laughs> so this music plays... And they make Killer Samurai Sarah disappear. But when when I say the classical music, you know, it's a popular one, it's overdone. Yeah. Um, and it was probably overdone before this film came mm-hmm. out. Um, so it's not... I, I, they're trying to do something and it, it's something that's already been done, to be fair. I'm pretty sure it's actually used on X Factor when the judges are introduced. That's my only reference Stop, for it. that could be it. I, yeah, I think it genuinely is. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> the, yeah, the samurai oh, disappears. No. <laughs> and Ted and Dolly go outside and we end on the shot of a tree. Yeah. And that's it. When did Kathy die? Oh, Kathy. So, um, oh, so Gary. So when Gary enters the room, he goes to kill Samurai Sarah, but it actually it's a distraction. So it's a distraction for Kathy, and so Samurai Sarah ends up. I don't know what she does, um, but it turns Kathy into like her hair goes white. And her face, um, is like it's like it's been painted, but it's cracked. Um, um, uh, for want of a better term, it's a little like dry spunk <laughs> <laughs> all over her face. But I that's what it looks like. This. Did you miss it? Yeah. Oh, it is a really quick shot. It is a really quick shot. But it explains why Kathy's not leaving the house with them at the end. Everyone else has died apart from. Ted and Dolly. Yeah. Who are getting a bit too close for brother and sister at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what's your theories on the film? we got a little time. I mean... I have them because it's impossible. If that's her possible. brother... I mean, Kathy is a white lady. Um, and and I, not even that old. She's probably, what, like in her 50s, 40s? Um, white lady, but this Japanese samurai warrior is saying that he's her brother. Yeah. Or her sister, whatever. Yeah, because my my idea is that Sarah... So, Kathy recognising Sarah, I feel like means Sarah is some sort of rebirth of her sister hence why they recognised her but then that would mean she's shagging her nephew Mm -hmm. which is weird which then also doesn't explain the whole samurai part of it nope but yeah so Sarah sees a photo of a young... An old photo of a young child, which I'm assuming is Sarah's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Sarah's sister, Kathy's sister. Then Kathy has flashbacks to a young child, and I'm not sure if it's played by the same actress or not. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Um, but she has flashbacks to a young girl cutting her finger on a samurai sword. Mm. So then I thought, well, maybe Kathy's sister was under the same curse as Sarah. And maybe Kathy had had premonitions about Sarah similar to the possession of her sister by a dead Japanese samurai. Now I'm thinking that the writer of the film had absolutely no idea what the fuck he was doing and that there is actually no 
Of course. Real backstory. That's exactly what's happened this. here. There's no backstory. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> he, he's literally came up with this premise, which is a great premise, and just made an absolute mess of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fucking messy. Really messy. And it's frustrating because we're sat here and we have absolutely, absolutely no fucking clue what the fuck we just watched. Absolutely no. They also did not need set at Christmas at all. No. That was no. so pointless. Well, it was a reason to get them all together, wasn't it? It could have been Thanksgiving, it could have been a birthday, it could have been anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it could have it could have just... But the thing is, it says in the fucking plot that the woman lived there, that Sarah lived yeah. there. So they could have just all have been living there. Yeah. You know, hi, you know, hi everyone. I brought my girlfriend Sarah mm-hmm. to visit you all, you know, where I live. Fantastic. Well, Sarah just lived there with them. Yeah. And they all lived happily together. But instead we got that. Um... Oh. Yeah, just shit. And not so bad it's good. It's just, just really shit. bad. Really bad. So and yeah. it's not... I, I, I must apologise, because when films are this stale... I think stale is the word, because mm-hmm. it's so boring, it's gone stale. Um, when they're this boring and uninteresting... We ain't really got much to talk about. I mean, I've just tried to stretch it out a little bit at the end. <laughs> much like the filmmakers themselves tried to stretch out the film. Um, trying to make some sense of it, just so we have a little thing to discuss. Because it is, it's hard to, you know, make it an interesting podcast. Yeah. I mean, hopefully... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, hopefully it. you know people enjoy listening to this. Of course, <laughs> um, more than we enjoyed watching the film. <laughs> yeah. But it's easy, you know. If you give us Christmas on the Square, there's loads to talk about. Oh yeah. <laughs> With this, Jesus Christ, fuck all. So that is our Christmas episode done for this year. Um, if you've seen Blood B. <laughs> But the thing is, maybe we're in the minority on this one. It's a 4.8 on IMDb. It's got 4.8 on IMDb. Yeah, but this film deserves, like, in the twos on IMDb. But on my letterbox, everyone seemed to really enjoy it. On yours? Yeah, on mine. I I don't get... There's, like, three people that agreed with me, and everyone else is like, I thought it was great. I really don't know what you were watching. I don't understand. But if you enjoyed this, please tell us why. Um, That's the thing, you know. On social media, when it comes to films, music, uh, you know, literature, uh, no opinion is, can really be a wrong opinion if you've got something to back it up. So if you enjoyed it, if you you know enjoy crappy, special <laughs> glowing special effects. <laughs> You know that nothing happening. Yeah, but that's you know some people enjoy that. <laughs> I'm Apparently, not one to, I'm not one to judge. I just you know we we just hear and we talk about it and uh, yeah, if we don't like it. Doesn't mean you're necessarily gonna not like it. Tell us, tell us why it's so great. I'm tell the on horrorcore trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horrorcore trash on Twitter. Please. If you're listening on iTunes, rate review and subscribe. Like a follow on Epic House. Follow us on Spotify. Um, I'm dead at Gaz ninety two on Labbox, Gazmo two hundred five on Instagram, and Gas Cruise ninety two on Twitter. I am Chris Barker eight two three on Letterboxd, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, we will be back next week with our ten best and ten worst of twenty twenty episode. Wow, that's the our final yeah. episode of the year. Yes, uh, and that's that's twenty twenty. So at the end of the month. This this year because it's been so crappy, uh, cinema release wise, we've been doing our top films in general that we've mm-hmm. watched for the first time. So it could be from any year, uh, previous. But these are our top, and bottoms of the year twenty twenty. Yeah. So we usually, well, I mean, we usually we've only done it once before. We've only been going for like <laughs> this is our second year, um, our, our first full year. Uh, but what we did last year was we did an episode of our most anticipated releases of 2020. Mm. There's 
probably no point us doing that for 2021. <laughs> do not go back and they're, they're pro- I mean, yeah, yeah, do it, because that'll be our most anticipated of 2021. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I swear half of that list would have been films that are now delayed till next year. You, I think we should give that a listen. That would be <laughs> it funny. would be interesting. That would be funny. Um, but instead, we're replacing our start of the year episode with the fantastic 10 to Midnight. I mean, yes. there is no better way to start 2021. Um, then with that film. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 10 best and worst next week. If you want to let us know your 10 best and worst of the year, in the meantime, we'll read it out on the episode. We've had a few additions to the worst. Um, let us know if you've watched 20 films <laughs> yeah. in the year. Yeah. It will just be horror, but we'll give some honourable mentions as well to of other course. films. Um, so yeah, Merry Christmas from the both of us. Yes. And Happy New Year. Well, I mean, we'll say that next week. And uh, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye.